You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 8, I know already episode 8, is absolutely crazy, episode 8 of the Piston Podcast recorded today on the 22nd of May 2020, once again in lockdown, recorded inside of my bedroom, um, it, st- it still works though, still works fantastically, I think it might actually be a bit better quality um, than when I'm in the, the actual studio, so that's quite fun, who knows, the Piston Podcast might be recorded full time in my bedroom, who knows, depends how well it goes. Um, right, not much has gone on really, because obviously uh, I've, I haven't had much chance to, you know, go outside and stuff like that. It's only for cycle rides and random stuff like that. So, w- what's gone on? Well, this is exciting because I went to Aldi and something very exciting happened in the Aldi car park. So I saw a Land Rover Defender, the new Land Rover Defender, and people that listened, well, that have been listening since the beginning, will know that a few weeks ago I reviewed the new Land Rover Defender, and I. I never actually saw one. I saw the prototype one at Goodwood, uh, but only very, very briefly. But I've never actually seen one on the road until that trip to Aldi. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my God, it's the new Land Rover Defender. So I snatched my mum's phone and um, took a picture of it. So if you want to see it, then head over to my social media, Daniel Carzo 5 But what you'll notice, if you zoom in on the actual Land Rover Defender, is it says prototype vehicle. And... Yeah, it means it's a prototype vehicle. So that must have done quite a fair few miles then if it's a prototype one. It must have gone through some testing by Land Rover. Maybe wrong, but that's my theory and that's what I think. What else has been going on? I went to the tip the other day. That's so fascinating, I know. The tips are back open, locally to me. And in the car park of a tip was a, well, unexpectedly, a Ford Focus RS in blue. So I've got a picture of that as well. That's quite nice. Um, What else has been going on? I've got a new lawnmower petrol lawnmower, um, which is for free from my granddad, so yeah, freebies of of the best, Um, and yeah, I've become obsessed with it, I'll give it a clean, I've never ever cleaned a lawnmower, uh, but I'm ashamed to say I have, Um, but yeah, that's exciting, got a lawnmower. What else has been going on? I've recently became massively obsessed with the Fiat 126, and I've actually got a bit of a question. Listeners out there, whether you're mowing the lawn um, with your petrol lawnmower, whether you're in your own Fiat 126 listening to this podcast, whatever you're doing, if you know somebody with a Fiat 126 that lives in Cheshire, if not around Cheshire, and know that they would be willing to show me around it and take me for a quick spin for an article on Drive Tribe and for a feature on this podcast, then get in contact with me. Please, please email me at either thepistonpodcast at gmail.com um, or tweet me at danielcarzo5 because... I'd love to have a look around it for an article in the podcast because they're so tiny and I, I've just become massively obsessed. Um, I don't know really. I don't really know why. Something wrong with me. Just a little 650 cc two-cylinder engine. Anyway, enough car chat. Random stuff. We might come back to that a bit later on. Let's kick off with some car news. What has been going on in the car industry since episode seven? We're kicking off with some quite bad news, actually. This is really bad news. There's been some rumours that Alpine could be dying. Um, Renault have sort of teased that they may be shutting down the Alpine factory, because obviously they build the new A110s and stuff like that. But it's been rumoured that the A110 will be no more 
and they'll stop making them because, I don't know, I just don't think they've got the money for it. And that is a real, real shame because the A110 is it's a stunner of a car. It's one of them cars that isn't necessarily about the speed. It's not about the speed at all. It's got quite a small engine. It's just about the actual driving experience. And it's absolutely fantastic. In fact, I may review it in the weeks to come and give it a good Piston Podcast send-off. Um, because it's a fantastic car. And it's going to be greatly missed. Especially by me and other Alpine owners. Like James May. James May has one. And the main complaint he has is it's sort of a heritage vehicle. He doesn't like the way it's sort of styled like to be a car from the 1960s. But I've got no problem with that. I think it's fantastic. Skoda offers sustainable mobility option for its customers. Um, So this is um, a lot of mobility things that fit into your Skoda. And that's fantastic. I think that's... I don't know why it hasn't been done before. Mini adds Countryman to the uh, Oxford Edition lineup. And I'm not massively familiar on the Oxford Edition lineup. Um, did used to have a Mini years ago. It's great fun. Uh, very uncomfortable, though. Great fun, though. 1.6. Um, but, yeah, it's good. And wait, this is not about the Countryman at all, because I'm not a big fan of the Countryman, really. But the Clubman, I do actually really quite like. And the reason I like it is because it's not really a false Mini, because they made the uh, the Clubmans back in the day. Um, when the old minis were around. But I just think it looks fantastic. And if you get a John Cooper Works um, mini Clubman in green with like black stripes, it just looks so, so amazing. The upcoming 2021 Kia Optima is to be renamed the K5. Kia uses the K5 name in its home market of Korea instead of Optima. Um, So, yeah, they're renaming it. It's no longer going to be the Optima. It's going to be called the K5, which is quite unusual. I'm not big on these uh, letter names, like BMW 320i or whatever. It's probably not a real car. Audi A4 or something like that. Why don't you just call a car something exciting, like Panda, like Yaris, like Scenic. I'm just naming all the cars we have. Um, This is good, actually, if you're a fan of Top Gear magazine. Free Lamborghini Lego is to come with June Top Gear magazine. So if you buy a Top Gear magazine from Tesco this June, you will bag a Land Rover Lego for free. And this same Lego model cannot be bought separately in Lego shops. So I'm not sure how that's supposed to work. I think it's a bit of a stunt that the BBC are doing with their magazines to try and get people to buy them because it means they bag a Lego model. Um, But which is a bit silly. I wouldn't go out to get a Lego model and get a virus. I'd probably wait. And that's that's me. I'm a bit stupid. But I, I wouldn't risk my life to get a Lego model. But then again, it's quite cool. If I find myself in a shop doing the essential shop or anything like that, then I may have a sneak peek at the Lego models. Um, at the Top Gear magazine, sorry. But yeah, there we go. If you're interested, June's Top Gear magazine, you get a free Lego Lamborghini, which is cool. Right, I've seen this all over Twitter, and long story short, I don't know what to think of it. It's also it's quite nice, but it's also hideous. And I'm, I've got to be one of the only people that think that actually see the good side of it. Um, and it's basically a convertible Tesla Model 3. And it's a company that will take your Tesla Model 3 and transform it into a cabriolet for £30,000. And I'm, I'm going to say it's very badly done. I think if you look at it from a distance, you'd think, oh, that doesn't look quite bad. It, it looks all right, to be honest. But then you look a bit closer, you zoom in on the images, and it's absolutely terrible. There's bits, bits of uh, piping work sticking out. It's just really scruffy. And the fabric just doesn't go on properly. And... I'm sorry, but for 30 grand, 
It's absolutely useless. If you, if you did that, then you've got some sort of problem. Just keep your Tesla Model 3 how it is. And if you want a convertible, then just wait for the Roadster. Jaguar Land Rover are now operating as normal. Sort of. Um, they've started building their cars again, but obviously some restrictions. Um, a lot of car companies are doing that at the moment, which is good because it means cars are being made. But it's also not good because staff are risking their lives, which is not what we want. Is this James Bond edition Triumph Scrambler the coolest way to spend £18,000? I've got a picture here, and I, I'm going to say no, because I've never been a big James Bond fan. I'm, I don't really like it. I love Triumph, though, but that's not the Triumph for me. If I had £18,000 to spend, I would probably spend a few thousand more and get the new... What's it called? The Rocket. The Rocket 3. Uh, I think that's for about 20,000. Maybe wrong. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably go for that. I wouldn't go for the James Bond edition because it's just a bit It's a bit sad. Um, a Monster Alpina SUV um, has headed down under. So Alpina, um, a tuning company for BMW, has landed... Uh, not landed, has launched its first ever large SUV with the unveiling of the 2020 BMW Alpina XB7. And it's coming to Australia. Um, I don't know if it's coming to the UK. I imagine so. But this is on Drive Tribe Australia. Um, so, yeah, I imagine it'll be going everywhere. So credit to Drive Tribe there because I'm getting all these facts from there. It's epic. But, yeah, um, XB7, uh, BMW Alpina. Don't know what to think of it. It's not a looker. But I was watching Top Gear on the YouTube channel on, on IGTV and whatever you want to call it. Um, they've been doing these little Zoom chats, like Top Gear conference calls with Chris Harris and the other two. Um, and Freddie Flintoff said he doesn't actually mind that big, big, big cars don't look too good. Because he thinks if you make a car that big, it's never going to look good. He's I think, I think he's got an X7, the seven-seater. And he said he's perfectly fine with it looking not very nice because it's difficult to make a massive car and make it look good. It's incredibly difficult. The Euro NCAP changed its crash test for the first time in 23 years. So a much more demanding test is coming for 2020, which is now, um, if you're listening in the future, when, well, this has all happened, so it's nonsense. Um, but yeah, there we go. Cars are getting safer and safer, but more complicated and more complicated. So it's a win and a loss there. Volkswagen's new ID lineup will only be sold online. I don't know if this is because of COVID-19 or if it's a thing for the future, but that's quite interesting, actually. I'm very excited for the ID range. I don't think there's been a podcast where I haven't actually mentioned the ID range. I think it's going to be a huge seller, um, last with most VWs. I think it's going to be like the Beetle back in the 1900s and the same with the Golf like in the 70s and 80s. Not 70s. I don't know, actually. Not clued up on VWs that much. Um, so, Touring Superleggera teases the Berlinetta Aero. And the car looks a bit like the Disco Volante. Um, and it's it's the pictures they've teased are pretty useless in a way. Um, because it's difficult to see. It's just a bit unclear. But there we go. If you're interested in that sort of stuff, then you're happy now. GMC unveils the removable roof of the future Hummer EV. If you don't know about this, Hummer are making a return, but making EV SUVs. And, yeah, I don't know how to feel. I've never been big on Hummer. I think they're just a bit big and a bit... Ugh, just a bit lazy. I don't know. I, just, uh, I don't know. Let's just wait and see in the future years how 
Hummer will return, whether it be good or it'll be absolute crap. Who knows? Mazda RX Vision GT3 concept, now an online virtual racing car. So um, apparently it says here, the virtual, ro- the virtual world is looking better and better. And I agree with that. A few weeks ago, probably a few months ago now, I got Forza Horizon 4. And if I'm honest, I think that's the first video game I've ever purchased with my own money. Uh, or with my mum's money, rather. But, um, yeah, it's good. But I enjoyed it, and I used it probably quite a lot. Like, the first day I did about six hours of gaming, which is not like me, because I don't like really like gaming that much. I don't have my own console. I'm a bit against it, I believe. If you're bored, go out on your bike, go for a walk, do something actual, actually useful. Um, a bit of an old man. But yeah, it's it's impressive, but I think after a few weeks of playing with your video game, me especially, I don't know about all of you, but it gets a bit boring, and you're just like, ah, oh, it's a bit repetitive. And if you like to... In lockdown, I can understand it, because you can't go out and drive, but without lockdown, pretending that's not a thing, if you like, oh, I fancy going for a drive, actually go for a drive and go somewhere interesting. Don't just be glued to your television screen because it's not good for you. The iconic Jaguar XJ220, which is nice, very, very nice. I've seen a few of them at Goodwood and Carfest. Nice. They're they're bigger than you think they are. Uh, Well, this XJ220 could be yours for half a million dollars. Um, It says here, apparently it's not a proper Jag, but it's certainly one of the amazing, it's one of the most amazing supercars ever made. I'm actually sorry about that. It's the XJ220. It's not actually a Jag. Not, I don't know much about the XJ220, I'm ashamed to say. Um, I've driven a Jaguar, I know, it's cool. Jaguar at 13, I was at the time. One of my cousins, uh, living down south, has a XJ6, and I drove it around a service station. Um, probably not too allowed, but yeah. Oh well, um, exposing myself there. And I was very impressed, weaving in between the lorries. Very nice. Jaguars are just very plush. And I think in a few months, after lockdown, I'm going to be driving the F-Type as well. Not the latest one, the model before. Part of a driving experience which I need to book. Just reminded me. I've got three sports cars and one muscle car to choose. Um, So yeah, that's exciting. Waiting for that. Um, The 2020 Jeep Wrangler Unlimited High Altitude Edition has been priced. The range-topping Wrangler trim level starts at $49,995, which is quite a lot for a Wrangler. Um, don't you all agree? The young driver crashes his Mustang GT into a River 3 days after buying it. Uh, apparently wanted to impress his, quote, buddies. Um, so there we go. Young lad crashing his Mustang GT. I think he's doing alright to have one, but not alright to crash it. That's nonsense. So yeah, well done to him. Not. Right, um, this is not car news I found on Drive Tribe. This is just car news I personally want to talk about. And this is something I've seen all over social media. It's good news. Very, very good news. There's a new Fiat Panda coming in 2022. And it's been designed by the same guy who designed the Citroen C4 Cactus. So people say, oh, it's just a Fiat Cactus. And it does look a lot like a cactus. But it's the new Fiat Panda, so who cares? It's coming in 2022. It's going to have claimed... Uh, 22-inch alloy wheels, which is bonkers, but they're not too over the top. It's nice. It's boxy, which is good. Um, It's very good. And Fiat have said, um, because there's some rumours at the end of last year, I talked about it on the radio, that Fiat were going to axe the 500 soon and the Panda. But then the boss of Fiat has said, no, 
No, no, no. In an Italian accent, I can't really do it. No, pizza, pizza. We are not going to ask the Panda and the 500. It's the iconic Fiat Automobili. Um, so there, the Fiat and the the Panda and the 500 are to stay, which is fantastic news. This isn't fantastic news. New Volvos. Volvo have announced that every single new Volvo in the range, every single one, is going to come standard with a 112 miles per hour limiter. So, yeah, Chris Harris was saying he was going to buy a Volvo, but he's not anymore. Don't blame him. Anyway, I've been rambling on about car news for about 17 minutes. So, let's get on with the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week. And this week, it's very, very exciting. Because, as you've probably seen by the title of this podcast, it's Pocket Rockets. And the Pocket Rocket I'm going to be specifically reviewing is the fantastic Toyota Yaris GRMN, or Grimmene. Or as Jeremy Clarkson would say, the Grimmene. So, it starts, um, it's on sale from this week, I should say, so that's probably the reason I'm reviewing it. Very, very excited, because we've got a Yaris on the drive, actually, Mark 1, bulletproof. But if you want to buy it, then let me know, uh, thepistonpodcast at gmail.com, because it is for sale. Uh, It's difficult, though, to sell it, because of lockdown. Priced, the new Grimmene starts at £29,995, and it comes with a 1.6-litre three-cylinder turbocharged engine. And a fact for you, it's the most powerful three-cylinder engine ever fitted to a road car. And that is fantastic. And, yeah, if you were going to think of that claim, you just know it's going to be the Japanese that would claim it. It's front-engined, and it comes with an all-wheel drive system, which is sort of variable, so it can send uh, power to the back, to the front, to all four wheels, and it sort of varies in between your modes, like your race modes and stuff like that. The 1.6-litre engine with a turbo, the three-cylinder one, produces 257 brake horsepower, and it comes as standard with a six-speed manual gearbox, and that's the only option you get, and I think that's fantastic. Um, I'm happy they didn't do what Renault did with the Clio RS and just fit a semi-automatic gearbox in. I think that's a bit of a letdown, but the new Clio RS, um, I know the RS line, the I think it's the 131, that has a manual gearbox. So well done to Renault for doing that. But yeah, the Yaris comes with a six-speed manual, which is fantastic news. Torque, well, the Yaris produces 360 newton meters of torque, um, which is very, very good for the car of that size. Really, really good. Not to 60, there isn't an actual figure yet, but it's under 5.5 seconds, which you can't complain about, really. Top speed is electronically limited to 143 miles per hour, which is ridiculous, and but I'm glad they're not taking the Volvo approach and just limiting all of their cars. It weighs 1,280 kilos, which is all right, but if you compare it to the Fiat Panda 100 horsepower we have on the drive, that's about 975. It's a lot lighter, but then again, it's got all of the modern tech, so it's going to be a bit heavier. It's got an end cap rating of five star, I think. It was a bit dodgy; I couldn't actually find the right specification, um, but it's going to be around five star. Um, I know the old one was, but I'm just going to take a guess. I don't know if I can do that on a podcast. This is five star as well. It comes with two doors, um, three doors if you include the boot, which is probably about right, really, because it's a very, very small car. And at the back, it's got really flared wheel arches, so it'd be pretty much impossible to fit rear doors, and it would look really ugly. So, yeah, Toyota Yaris Grimmene. I'm going to give it a Piston Podcast rating of 5 out of 5, because I just think it's tremendous. Um, rivals are the Ford Fiesta ST and the Renault Clio RS, obviously, and other little pocket rockets like that. Pros and cons. Pros, it handles very, very well. 
from what I've heard. It's Japanese, which means it's going to be fantastic. And it's very funky. It's funky styling. And, yeah, I think it looks fantastic. Cons, it costs £30,000, which for a pocket rocket, little hot hatch thing, for a Yaris, it's a bit much. But then again, Toyota have done a lot of engineering into it. So I suppose it's all right. And I've written underneath there in capitals, nothing else. There are no cons. I think it's fantastic. Toyota describe it as the rally car for the road. And that just sells it to me. I think it's it's fantastic. Toyota Yaris Gurumana reviewed on the Piston Podcast, episode 8. Now, top 10 lists. Obviously, the top 10 list every single week links up to the car I reviewed. So if the car I reviewed is not for you, then carry on listening. Because I'm going to talk about 10 more cars like the car I reviewed i.e. the Toyota Yaris Gurumana. Um How many times am I going to say Gurumana? It's really, really wrong, I know. But yeah, here's a top 10 list of pocket rockets. Kicking off at number 10 is the Peugeot 208 GTI. And I just want to say, last week I mentioned that it's going to be a Peugeot E208 Sport coming out, and I'm very excited for it. I did actually see the new 208 on the road, and it looks really nice, as with all new Peugeots. I think they're doing a fantastic job. At number 9 is the Kia Picanto GT Line S, um, which is also very nice. I think it looks it looks cool. It just looks angry and sort of nice at the same time. And number 8 is the Renault Clio 130 RS Line. Obviously, there isn't actually the Clio RS out fully yet, but there's the RS Line, so you can buy that. And number 7 is the Arbath 595 Compensione. Um, very nice Italian there. My Italian in this podcast is just amazing. The Abarth 595, very, very nice car. And number six is the incredible Volkswagen Up GTI. Can you tell I like pocket rockets and cheap little fun, interesting cars? Because I'm, I'm trying to be as, as enthusiastic as I can because I just love it. It's probably my favourite podcast to record at the moment. But yeah, the Up GTI is just, it's just great. Um, it's really, really nice. And number five is the Mini Cooper S. And number four is the Suzuki Swift Sport. I love the Swift Sport, it's just nice. And number three is the Volkswagen Polo GTI, which me personally, I wouldn't get because it's just like a cheaper Golf. And if I was going to get a Polo GTI, I would save money and have more fun and get an up, just for the laughs. And number two is the Toyota Yaris Grimne, except it's the old version, because Autocar, well, credit to Autocar, haven't updated it yet. And at number one, yeah, you you guess, just guess. I'm going to give you two seconds to guess. One, two... You're wrong, I think, or you're right, I can't hear your answer. It's the Ford Fiesta ST, the new one, which is also a really nice car. Which one would I have from that specific list, um, not including the new Garumina that I just did? Um, So out of them ten, which one would I have? That is incredibly difficult. Not the Fiesta, because I think, I don't know, it's very, very fun. But it's just not for me, Ford. I'm I'm not really sure. The old Yaris Grimne is good, but it's a bit outdated now. It's got a supercharger, which is cool. Polo GTI, no. Swift Sport, maybe. Not the Cooper S. Mm, maybe, I don't know. No, I'm going to say no to the Cooper S. Up GTI, maybe. So I'm stuck between the Swift Sport, the Up GTI, the above 595. It's fantastic, but I wouldn't get one because I'd have a Panda, which is not on the list because it's old. And the Clio RS, no. I would probably go for the Swift Sport or the Up GTI, uh, although I'm leaning towards the Up GTI, because I just think it it's not about power, but it still gives you a million and a billion and a trillion laughs, um, and it costs about 13 grand, so for £13,000 for a little pocket rocket, you really, really can't complain, really. Um, 
it's just I said really so many times then. But yeah, the Up GTI is fantastic. If you ever look through the archive on redshiftonline.org, on Redshift website, um, and go to Turbo Youth, I did once review the Up GTI. I think it was around July time last year. So if you're really interested in hearing me more often, I feel for you, then go have a look, redshiftonline.org, um, on the archive, and you'll find it there. Um, so yeah, there's the top ten list. It's now time for My Way or Highway. And this is, um, recently I just, well, before recently I just did a random My Way or Highway. But now I'm just sort of trying to me- base it around the car I reviewed and thinking what road would be nice to drive the car I reviewed around. So if I reviewed the Defender, for example, I think I did a Welsh road. I've got the old script here from last week. Last week I reviewed the Dacia Duster and I said the Honister Pass in Cumbria because I think it's just nice. Um, but this week... For the Toyota's Grimner, I'm going to do Stelvio Pass. And I think that's going to be quite controversial. Um, but I personally think... Pe- well, people imagine the Stelvio Pass and they think, oh, I'll take a Ferrari 488 Pista. But I think they're completely wrong. Really, really wrong. Because you can't really go too fast on Stelvio Pass. It's more about the actual feel around the corners and the occasional um, bit of acceleration. But really, you want something quite small and nimble. And I think the Toyota Yaris Garimner is um, the perfect option, to be honest, for that road. Maybe. Or maybe an old 911. Or maybe even a Fiat Panda 100 horsepower. Sorry about my obsession, I can't handle it. But yeah, Stelvio Pass is located in northern Italy um, amongst the Alps. Um, and if you mention the word Alps when you're talking about a road, you just know automatically it's going to be stunning. It's 2,757 metres high, so if you're afraid of heights, then maybe, um, I don't know, maybe just don't go there. Uh, recommended anyway, just just stay away, maybe. But yeah, Stelvio Pass, it's, it's a stunning road. Just If you've never heard of it, which I'm very surprised if you haven't, then just have a look online. Stelvio Pass, just look at some of the photos that have been taken. It's just so, so nice. Um, somebody at Redshift, he's a biker, he's called Rob. Um, and he's he rides motorbikes and stuff like that. Um, and he drives as well, obviously, because I think oh, everybody does nowadays. But yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure he's ridden around Stelvio Pass um, with his friends. And yeah, it's just, I've heard so many good things. But then I've also heard a few bad things about Stelvio Pass. People saying it's overrated. And I can sort of see that side of the op- that side of the opinion um, where you could just say, why don't you just go to Horseshoe Pass or something like that? And you probably could. Um but yeah, Stelvio Pass is just you got the journey getting down to Italy and it's just a bit more special, I think. So there we go, Stelvio Pass. Last week I introduced something called the MWOH rating, which is the MOA rating. And I'm gonna give the Stelvio Pass a MOA rating. Um I love that MOA rating. I'm gonna give it a MOA weighted MOA rating, there we go, I can say it. Of four out of five. I'm gonna say four out of five because I think there's Probably nicer driving roads. I think there's a really nice one in Romania, which might come in a few weeks. Who knows? Or maybe next series. Um, but yeah, there we go. Four out of five more rating of the Stelvio Pass. Right, now that's done. just want to talk about the future of this podcast because I keep roaring through the episodes. I'm now up to episode eight. And I don't know when I'm going to call it a day with series one. Um, and I think it's going so quick. But lockdown has given me a chance to record. So I suppose it is going really quite quick. Um, but... I think the plan is there's going to be roughly 15 episodes a series. I may be wrong. I might change my mind. But then the last episode of the series will always be a special. 
or there might be an, another special on top of that at some point. It depends if something really special happens, like Goodwood or any other special car show, because no doubt there will be a Goodwood special if Goodwood goes ahead, obviously, which I don't think it will, but we can have our fingers crossed. Uh, that was my brother then that just launched into my room while I was recording a podcast. So sorry about that, Thomas, go away. But yeah, there we go. Who knows what the future of this podcast is. Um, if you do enjoy it, then please, please let me know. Um, send me an email at thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet me or DM me on Instagram at danielcars05. Let me know what you think of it. I'd always, always love to hear your thoughts. And if you have a car that um, I could feature on the podcast and write an article about on my tribe, on Drive Tribe, Daniel's Tribe, then get in contact again, danielcars05 or thepistonpodcast at gmail.com. Because, well, I'd love to have a look around your car, even if it's just, I don't know, even if it's a multipler, I'd love to have a look around it, because, I don't know, I'm weird like that. So yeah, coming up to the end of the podcast now, let's just have a look. Um, I've done everything that's on my piece of paper in front of me, um, but is there anything else I need to talk about before I go? Because it's always the day after I do a podcast and release it. Um, I always think, oh, why didn't I talk about that? Here's something. I was curious yesterday because all week I've been doing 20-mile bike rides a day on different bikes of mine. And I came home yesterday and I was interested. Does my racing bike in particular fit in the back of our new Fiat Panda 100 horsepower? So I folded down the rear seats, put the passenger seat right forward and took the front wheel out. And I can confirm, yes, a racing bike does fit in the back of a Fiat Panda. And I've seen some people take both wheels out to try and get it in. But I feel quite proud because I only have to take out one. So there we go. What else has been happening? Um, just having a browse. There is a new All Things Auto video out on YouTube with me and my colleague slash friend, Matthew. And if you do want to have a listen, he was on the podcast and he will be on soon. I don't know, for another little chat because it is a lot of fun. Um, what else has been going on? Nothing much, really. There's only so much that can go on and a global pandemic but there we go as usual um have fun in your houses or if you're doing your unlimited exercise which you can do now um stay safe don't do anything stupid obey the government guidelines please uh, for not only your benefit but for mine and all of the other listeners and soon we'll be out of this horrible virus and i'll be able to interview more people and i'll be able to go out and do more sort of like live podcasts, even though they're not live, but they're just roaming, if you know what I mean. And yeah, it's the, f- it, the future will be bright. There will be light at the end of the tunnel. And obviously this podcast is going to be released on Mental Health Awareness Week. So yeah, I'm going to say it's okay to not be okay. And just if anybody wants to talk as well, I'm going to offer my help. Um, because yeah, always here. Daniel Carzo 5 just give me a message or whatever. And yeah, we can talk. So yeah, thank you so much for listening. Really appreciate your support um, on wherever, social media or in person. Thank you for listening and I'll see you next week for episode 9. This is where we need to get uh, the Beatles saying number 9, number 9. Anyway, thank you for listening. Goodbye. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Acterhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast.